show this evening. I, uh, which I also don't think he really appreciated, but that's okay because everyone has their own take on 90s alternative. So this set, I played uh, Third Eye Blind, um, Losing a Whole Year, Oasis, Don't Look Back on Anger. The best Oasis song. That's right, the best. And then I also played uh, Goo Goo Dolls, Dizzy, from their album, as I said earlier, Dizzy of the Girl, that actually has quote-unquote inspired a lot of uh, late 90s emo bands, early 2000s emo bands. Um, and then I went to Smashing Pumpkins, Sharub Rock, and then you just heard Garbage, number one crush. And if you don't remember that that little movie that came out in the 90s called Romeo and Juliet. Oh, man, that was everywhere. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. That was yeah, like, that was that song that pretty much made that movie. One of them, because I feel like there was another song that came out. I can't remember. When that, on that, that soundtrack. Was big, it was a big soundtrack back well, then. I also miss soundtracks being like a huge thing. I know, like right? Soundtracks used to be like... I had some soundtracks for movies that I'd never even seen, but the soundtrack was cool, so you would get... So, yeah. Um, that used to be in... Remember, they'd have the music video, and half the scenes in the music video were just scenes from the movie. I always thought that was kind of fun. Exactly. that, And that's what just happened when I played that garbage song. I was like, oh, now I'm just like basically back into the movie now, because this is what made this video. I was like, what's going on? I don't know. You know what's going to happen in the end, but at the same time, it's like, look at all these visuals. Oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, and it'd always be a big deal, like... They, I don't know if it was Batman or something like that. The soundtrack, the soundtrack would be number one, and the movie would be number one at the same time. Yes. It was just this big cross promotion thing. Exactly. I'm, I'm really even thinking about when the Batman movie came out and Prince did all the music. Yeah, yeah. That was that like dance. a big one right there. Yeah. I didn't even play Prince. See, I messed up. But that's what I'm saying about like '90s alternative general could have went there. Then again, would Prince be considered '90s alternative? I don't know. Well, he he was pretty much everywhere, trans- right? I feel like he transcended all genres it's true so, so i could have played them on there yeah there's, there's I, I think always would, next time i think it would go along, but um so. well now up next i guess is going to be your show i didn't even say like hey um you're not eric <laughs> right you're not my co-host no I, you're just I some random voice in the room i haven't gotten down my eric impression yet you haven't so. well you did you kind of did it but i don't i don't know if he liked it <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves it's hard to tell yeah are you all right are you gonna play one more song or? no i was just gonna end it Oh, no. Um, no. Was the climactic play? ending? Oh, I thought that was climactical, right? Garbage? No? No garbage? Number um, one crush? I could, I could play another one, but I... I, just, I really want to... Wait, does wait it, what do you want to do? Can I you want me to play something? You have a request. Yeah. What do you... What do you Toad the Wet to... Sprocket. Wait, which song? Um, All I Want. All I Want. Okay, wait. You remember that song, right? Um, right now it's not ringing a bell. If you heard it, you'd be like, oh, I'm not yeah, yeah. gonna lie. And I don't know, I guess. Hold on. Okay. It's, it's one of those songs, as soon as you hear it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna play it now. So this is gonna be my climactic ending. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes, well, so here we go. Here's for Matt. Here's one for Matt, rather. Toe the Wet Sprocket. Oh, JK LOL. Um, that's not really <laughs> happening right now. I'm gonna figure out. I think it went into Smashing Pumpkins. That's that's where I messed up. Get out of here, Billy. I know. I'm done with you. I'm like, I already played some Smashing Pumpkins so earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's hacked into our airwaves. I could have here. technically just played, you know. I could have done that, but I didn't. Okay. I'm putting yes. it up. Cool. Um, 
do you know anything about this video? Because I'm also about to watch this video. They're in this weird room. It looks room. really weird. Yeah, they're in this weird room. And yeah. I think he's just kind of like, it's like a dark room, isn't it? It almost and looks like a circus like show. It's a very emotional like '90s video, which you know. Okay, well that's yeah, that's so. that sounds like a '90s alternative song. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Toe the wet sprocket, all I want. We're Wyas, and you're listening to Damage Goods on the Rally Radio. Land. What are they calling it these days? The uh, I think they call it the Twitter web. Okay, right, right. Well, yeah. So we're giving you a break from fighting with people you disagree with on Twitter. Yes, because I because we don't actually use it. Well, you use it. I, I do, but I, I, don't... I don't even have it on my phone. And like, if you try looking at Twitter without the app. It just yells at you and won't let you look at anything. It's like, get the fucking app. I'm like, no, I don't want to because I don't look at it. I right. just finally got into Reddit and I still kind of hate that. 
Yeah, it's Reddit. Oh, that's that's a quite a dark hole. I I, I only oh follow God. like three Reddit like subreddits. Okay. One about vinyl, which is dumb, because fuck, like you think he just scored really big because he bought a record that's you know in print and new, and you can buy off Amazon. <sighs> so then I follow <laughs> then I follow the subreddit Vinyl Jerk, where it's oh. people just making fun of these people, and it's fucking hilarious. That, that might be the truth, yeah. right? It's like look at these hauls from Goodwill, and it's like fucking like I don't know Chuck Mangione records. <laughs> Which, look at these fucking fines. Oh man, they got Peter Frampton. Frampton comes alive. Uh, I mean, you know, to be fair, good album, but right, not a great album. I don't know. There's some there's some tracks. There's uh, some deep cuts. There are, but right. yeah, that's that's about my Reddit. I don't do Facebook anymore, and I don't do Twitter. Twitter, I do. It's good for. I feel like I'm good at Quip, so maybe I'd be good at Twitter. It's just that's a whole thing. I don't know. It um, is. A, it is a very um, presidential kind of social media yeah. outlet. So it's got that going for it, I guess. Yeah, I was having a discussion with somebody the other day how like. <laughs> debate has turned into just like trying to find the opportunity to get that sick burn on somebody oh yeah more absolutely. so than like actually proving <laughs> your point um right and like it's the such the truth i don't know i hate the world today it's like a it's kind of like rap battles but people who can't rhyme pretty much um and who's like puns just aren't even that good right <laughs> like I don't know. Misspelling Trump's name. That's great. <laughs> um, you know, really, really sticking it to the man. Yeah. They're the, the establishment's going to crumble any second. So. I know. It's, it's the end of, end of, uh, America as we know it. And I feel okay, I guess. Yeah. Moderately. Okay. Yeah. I feel all right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if fine is the correct word. I, I'm maybe not on Michael Stipe's level. But, like, I'm getting there. You're not a millionaire rock star. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, of so. course, I don't feel that all right. Right. I'd be feeling fine if I were. Oh, if I was actually star. Michael Stipe and it was the end of the world, it'd be all right. I'd be like, you know, like, I have the resources to, like, power through this. I'm yeah, part exactly. of the elite that will get sent into the <laughs> rocket and blast off to this planet that we found that is habitable. Right. Exactly. Um, where only rich people and, you know, media Illuminati get to go live. Actually, though, that's okay with me, but... I mean, I'd hang out there, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'd visit, but... Yeah. Kind of like um, New York City, right? You visit, yeah. but you don't want to live there. Oh, 100%. <laughs> now you have this thing with New York, but... Yeah, so I guess we're going in reverse today. Uh, what? We are a show. We are a show. And the show's called Damaged uh, Goods. The... If you have a very loose definition of show, then we are a show. <laughs> yeah, but I think people are, they enjoy the chaos a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we, we plan this stuff out. I don't know if y'all know this. There's, you should see the length of these scripts that like, you know, <laughs> I sit there and write every Wednesday. Um, I know, for the I next to, for the next week, I plan a week ahead. I have to rehearse it the night before. I know. The dress rehearsal is, a, <laughs> I like, why do we dress up? Like nobody's gonna see us but like still like just in case I, the, the I camera insist crew the, busts i the insist door. on the dress rehearsal in case the media comes in and they need some snapshots for i think we're doing a story for time magazine next week yeah it's a uh this is the second time i've joked about being in time magazine next week today really what was the what was the first context of that I uh, oh it was because uh 
uh, the band I play in, No Love. Uh, we just had they just wrote a record view of our new record in the Independent. Okay. Which is the local paper here. Yeah. Um, the local local media rag. Um, mostly kind of, you know, focuses on things, Raleigh. And uh, I, I was joking with somebody about how I was like, yeah, the time interview comes out next week. Like, you know, and then, <laughs> it's, uh, then it's people. Right. Because we are people. We are people are people. People are people. Yes. We are. Well, I was going to say that. I think they're going to put us in the Time Magazine 10 Most Influential Podcasts. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, sorry, Mark Marin. Sorry, Joe Rogan. Um, We're number one. Well, sir, Joe Rogan's two. I think Mark, I, I think Mark Marin has to be two. I, okay, that's fair, yeah. I, like, I don't think I'd like to hang out with Mark Marin, but he seems like an okay guy. I don't think I'd want to hang out with Joe Rogan. I'd yeah. just be like, dude, you did... The, what was his show he had on Comedy Central for a New, while? News Radio? Or? No, 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 the other one. Wait, no, was that Joe Rogan? I don't, yeah, I don't I can't remember. Oh, you thinking uh, of The Man Show? The Man Show. That's that was what it Jimmy is. Kimmel and uh, that other guy. Oh, uh, was it the other guy? <laughs> I can't I never actually saw the show. I just remember the commercials. Yeah. Was... And I remember the commercials not because I watched cable television, but because somebody would tape things off of cable television for me since I did not have cable. Oh, wow. So you had kind of a personal VCR assistant. Yeah, kind of. That's pretty cool. I, nice. I used to watch a lot of Comedy Central back in the day. I didn't watch that show specifically, but I would see catch parts of it when I was waiting for, I don't know, the critic to come on or, <laughs> or like 1993 reruns Adam of Saturday Carolla, Night Live. Yo, that's guy. right. Yeah. I was like, that's the guy who, I don't know, just, I am so bad with celebrities and like, <laughs> I couldn't like, Oh no! I I watched like I don't I used to watch a lot of movies and like I couldn't tell you like an actor's like you know kind of uh, like movies they've been in and like all that kind of stuff for the life of me. So well, that's all right. Won't catch me on uh, Doug Loves Movies anytime soon. Yeah, we're not the movie expert show. So no. That's okay. Yeah, maybe well, you could do that, but I can't. I like. I, I can't know. even do that about music. To be fair. I, you know a lot about music. I know a lot about music, but I couldn't be like, oh, well, they're from so-and-so in here. And I, I'm like, oh, those are the least important, bo- most boring factors of the whole thing. I know. You, you pull out some crazy shit, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm always thinking, like, what in the hell is Seth going to play this week? Cause you'll play- oh, yeah. Like, music, I can find some crazy shit, but, like, I, I couldn't tell you who was in the band. You can't oh. be like, this is so-and-so's project after this and this and this without a good Google, like, you know. Thankfully, well, thankfully, we have the internet, so like we do. Knowing pointless trivia is like kind of pointless now, even more so than it was. Damn, yeah, I used to feel special. Now I don't anymore. So take that, nerds. <laughs> exactly. Well, the this is actually episode number one hundred and ninety nine. Damn. Yeah. Just wait till next week's episode. Like you guys are going to be blown away with all that we have spread, <laughs> have like planned out for it. Yeah, I think we have like it's going to be pretty amazing. We have like twelve special guests. We don't yeah, have time to put them all in the. And there's not even enough room, including in here. Joe Rogan. Right. Um, that, that was the whole point of that segment was because really, like, we love Joe Rogan. And he's going to be on here. Duh. Um, no, I, we have nothing planned because, but you know, that's because like our show's so good. What what else do you need it's like improv jazz you know yeah. it's just so great and how it just can kind of make itself falls up on together the yeah 
Which, by the way, one time I found a how to play improvisational jazz record at mm-hmm. Father and Sons, huh. which is a vintage store in downtown Raleigh for those who are not Oak City residents. But I didn't really have any money at the time, so I didn't buy it. But I really wish I could find it again because somebody was explaining to me about like the ideas behind improving, and it was just pretty over my head. I've played music for a long time now. I could not read sheet music if you asked me to. Right. Half the time, like, if I'm playing guitar or something like that, I couldn't tell you what note it is. Um, well, I don't think I don't think Jimi Hendrix could read sheet music, yeah. right? And he was the... But he could shred. Supposedly the greatest guitarist of all time, depending on who you ask. Yeah, probably. You know. So, who and knows? He uh, music's, music's overrated. Well, he hasn't put out any but bad albums in a long time. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, people have for him though. Oh, yeah, lots that's of really true. bad that's compilations. True, they have. Uh, yeah, and then I always think that's funny about you know the dinosaur rock bands or the, the classic rock bands, whatever you want to call them. They like every once in a while you'll you'll read an article and it'll be like we've uncovered like two new Jimi Hendrix songs, and I'm like, really? How did you just find them? I mean, the dude hasn't been alive since 1970. Yeah. And, like... Who's just sitting there, like, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I have these, like, two unreleased Hendrix songs just, like, sitting here. Um, does Maybe people want to hear them. Uh, maybe. Probably not. Well, it's like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think he's an incredible musician. Oh, yeah. He's great. Like, extremely talented. I, I like his music a lot. But I just don't understand when, you know, they're like, oh, my God, we just found, like, a... A new Beatles uh, alternate take of of uh, Penny Lane, and I'm like, you know, there's a funny <laughs> thing about a lot of those, like a lot of unused material. It was unused for a reason, right? Right. Um, like usually, it's like just like sometimes it's cool to hear like alternate like versions of a song where like yeah, they might have played a little different, like it might have been recorded a little different. Like eh, it's all right, but I don't know, man. Especially like in the day of like how much stuff gets reissued, and it's like bonus material. It's like an hour of them dicking around tuning their guitars in the studio before they recorded this album. And I was like, why am I going to pay forty dollars for that? <laughs> Yeah, I think they had the Stooges, they had the Funhouse sessions, and it's like eight CDs or something. Yeah, that stuff's rough. Because, um, like, that is up there in, like, one of my favorite albums ever. Right. But I don't want to listen to it, like, eight times in a row. Yeah, I don't want to hear, like, 20 versions of... of- <laughs> Of loose, yeah, it's a great of, song, like, but... poor and poor quality each time. Like, right, as far as like, like fidelity, and wait, Iggy, we need a little more oomph in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to imagine this. Like, I don't know if, if you've never recorded in your life. It, it's fun, but it can also be very tedious. And I'm sure on that level, it's even worse. Right. But like, yeah, you just sit there and do things a million times over and over again until like, yeah. And then you figure out which one sounds best, and you're like, okay, there we go. Right, right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's not fun, and I, like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, you know, again, sometimes there are cool things. Every like, once in a while, yeah. There is a, I think I did bring in, like, a Dow Jones and the Industrial song that was, like, lost to, oh yeah, the you know, until it got reissued recently. And that was, like, probably one of their best songs. I think if it's a totally new song that's never been released yeah. or it's a really interesting take on 
like it had it can't be an inferior like if it's yeah. a, somehow it's like a really interesting take on a song they've already done yeah it's like oh this time they play it in half time i'd be like okay yes i might want to hear that right if it's done in like a weird way and it's not just like oh this is the one where you know the, they couldn't get the bass right on it so it sounds like half as good and you're like this is the one where they all start screaming at each other halfway through. <laughs> I'd listen to that one. I'd listen right. to a take like that. Well, I think um, Ian MacKay of what's that band again? Um, the Evens. Fugazi. Right? Ian MacKay of famous Fug- for the Evens. of Fugazi and uh, Minor Threat. I think he said that he had like a couple of hours of Minor Threat just arguing on tape during their like studio or practice yeah. sessions and. I think that would be funny to hear that. Just, I don't think I've ever like gotten into argument at practice before. Really? Yeah. Which is weird. Even though, despite happen. all the rock bands you've been in? I know. Huh. Maybe I'll just make that happen sometime soon. And I always thought it was interesting that you did that band Anti-Bubbles. Yeah, that was... We were talking about that yesterday also, and how it was kind of odd that I was in that band. <laughs> because, like, it always... I thought the, I thought it was a fun band, uh, but it was not what you would expect from your music. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Um, it's just I like, mean, like, I like pop music and stuff like that, and it's fun to play on drums. Yeah. But also, like, that band was... There's a lot of reasons, like, I don't know. I didn't really fit in that band. <laughs> but... Oh, dude, it was fun to do. Yeah, dude. I, I was looking around my house for something today, and I found um, a box of 100 CDs of anti-bubbles. Oh, nice. So, so I, that them, might be the next giveaway for the next, so, for, uh, the next 100 people to call. Yes. We'll get a free, free anti-bubbles call album. Call 919. 919. Anti-bub. Yeah, anti-bub. Yeah, that's... And uh, you will get a free anti-bubble CD. All you have to do is send $10. Plus plus shipping and handling. No, that's for the shipping and handling. Oh, I I was trying to... The CD is free, but the shipping, like, costs you 10 bucks. Sorry, no COD. Um, No COD, only well-concealed cash. Right. Yeah. So, just send that to Damaged Goods. Just write Damaged Goods really big on it, and, like, the mailman will know where to bring it. Or mail lady. Like, you know, it'll make its way here. Exactly. Anyways, we got something special for today, yes. don't we? So I have an interview with Brandon from Neck Chop Records, who I spoke with on the phone recently. And sorry, there might be a couple of parts where the audio is a little dodgy, but I thought it was a really fun interview. So I decided to try my best to interview or to edit as much as I could to be enjoyable. So I think it's pretty all right for the most part there might be a couple of parts that are yeah and if it's i'm new at this so if you are been listening for a long time you've probably heard lots of stuff off neck chop yeah they do a great job uh they usually release everything kind of in batches i think this is round four is it just released yeah i think um, so four or five something like that and uh um Sorry, I'm gonna be bad and type because I was. I want to get my want to get my facts down straight. Um, but yeah, they just released a whole new uh, slew of records. I think most of them are from the Pacific Northwest area. Yeah, um, it was Kid Chrome, Lysol, um, Stiff Love. Yeah, Stiff Love Seven Inches really cool. Um, Liquids, who you know, I'm a huge fan of. Way too much, almost a little bit. Um, 
And there was, oh, and Eric Nervous from the Midwest. Good stuff also. Yeah. And so, again, he he kills it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check out their website and order some stuff. Yeah, and we, we do go through a little bit of the, you know, how he, how he came to start his label. And I don't know, I, the reason I thought he was, I mean, he grabbed my attention because... I mean, he sent us, like, boxes and boxes of records that I didn't ask for. He just sent them to me, which... And I was like, this guy is crazy. Not in a bad way. Like, he's just crazy. Like, no one... Like, I've got... Usually you get, like, oh, here's an MP3 of our new album, which is yeah. cool. I do appreciate that. But I remember having someone send me boxes and boxes of records. You know, we appreciate people who put in effort. It's but, cra- like, yeah, some, people, some people go, like, that extra mile. And I feel yeah. like that's an extra mile, and it's really cool. Also, whenever we get uh, stuff from him from the record store, like, he does amazing with all of his, like, stuff. Because we just get, like, piles of stickers and posters. Right, and no, he, awesome he's got the, the tote bag. The swag down. I, yeah, he, he definitely, like, that's where Sorry State needs to take a little bit, needs to take a little bit of a not from him i think like our, our merchandising game like merchandising or label is people not... people love merch if it's fun they'll buy it yeah so and, uh what's <laughs> i was about to think of something fun and random that you know start putting merch on um you know jump ropes uh damage goods jump ropes there we go there, i'm is down there anything more fun than a jump rope maybe a yellow well, i want i want a seth bobblehead that would be amazing i'd be into that yeah <laughs> limited edition I, uh, somebody tried to get me to like buy a painting of myself weirded me out but i'd have a bobblehead of myself right i would love that and i think we could like autograph them and you know you, you pay extra to get the autographed one yeah and limited to like 10 right <laughs> exactly so yeah well we're, we're gonna play this interview for you and we're gonna we're gonna scheme after that on how to make millions of dollars off of of all the listeners so yeah i mean we that's what we do whenever we're not on, on <laughs> yeah. here talking honestly i me. i hate rock and roll i just want to make money i love money though yeah I, that's the only like you know i can only put so much on my sex pistols credit card <laughs> um oh wow yeah that's like you know this whole like you know this whole thing's a joke man this is the real me like I just love money and can, sex pistols, credit cards, and right. hate rock and roll. You can only afford so many holidays in the sun before you max exactly. out. Exactly. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. So here it's uh, it is a long one. So hopefully this is a two parter. So we're gonna play the second part hopefully next week. So yeah. So that so like us. you know just get ready for that cliffhanger we're gonna leave you on for next right. week. We like so then you know so the judge brings back the verdict and then we're gonna cut it yeah right there. yeah exactly like a crime podcast or something so anyway so we'll keep you on the edge of your toes as we tend to do so here is my interview with brandon from neck chop records hello this is matt with damaged goods radio and who do i have on the phone with me right now this is uh brandon from neck chop records hello and where is Neck Chop Records located? Uh, California, Southern California. We're here in Fullerton, which is kind of, I guess you could say, if you're far from California, somewhere between Hollywood and Disney. 
So somewhere between heaven and hell, maybe? Yeah, exactly. That that That's a good way of putting it. I don't know which one is which, but yeah. <laughs> right, it depends on the, the day, maybe. Yeah. Depends on your day and if you have kids. Right, and I... I'd recently said my one of my dreams was to have the subhumans play Mickey Mouse is Dead at Disneyland. <laughs> I would go to that. You would go to maybe I don't know if you can coordinate that somehow with your label, but yeah. that would be great. I'll, I'll work on it. We can get a uh, right outside a Space Mountain. When I was in high school, I think there there was a huge, huge. Uh, I, I it was like a big thing for the the kids to, to go to Disneyland and, and dance to the, uh, or skank, I guess, to the Tomorrowland band. And yeah, that it was, that was a, a legit thing that, that people did for fun during the, I guess, mid-90s. Crazy to think about. Were you into the Scott thing at the time? or No, no. We just had friends in, in high school that would, you know, every weekend we would try and find stuff to do and they, they would all talk about how they were going to do stuff to go dance with Marland band and hook up with different guys and girls and stuff and it just blew my mind. Why wouldn't you rather just go to like a, a real show, you know? That's a good good, good point. Yeah. So are you but, are you from California originally? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been behind the, the orange curtain my entire life. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I've, I've been here forever. Uh, born and raised. And actually, before last month, I had never never left the country before. So, I went to Japan with some of the guys from uh, Radiation Records. We went we went over there to kind of do some record shopping and hang out. And yeah, I'd never left the country before until it was you know, a huge culture shock for me. But did you see any cool bands when you were in Japan? Um, yeah, I, we we went to one show. I, I can't remember the name of the band that we saw. Um, that there was a few of them. Um, and our, our buddy Mike that that was with, he was really excited to see one of them, and and they were great. Um, but honestly, can't remember the name of them. So, but the thing was. Crazy is, I mean, the the place that we saw him at was a tiny little, little room, and everybody was, you know, there to to see them and super excited. And I think it was only maybe like fifty people in there, and that was it. it that was like a great showing for for this place, and and the shows were like thirty bucks to get in. It was crazy. So, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I was expecting it, you know, to be like five bucks and and something like that. But no, it was thirty bucks, and it was a lot of fun. And Agnostic Front was playing where we were out there too, and we were going to see them, but we just kind of lost track of the days or something. I can't remember what happened. What were the record stores like out there? Oh, they were great. I mean, it, it, the thing that's it's crazy is i mean there's some of the stuff was was a little bit overpriced and and it makes sense like some you know american stuff that that you see here for you know 30 bucks was 
you know, 60 to 70 bucks over there. But then there's other stuff that you find that was was super cheap. You know, a lot of like the, the UK punk stuff was was really cheap over there, and there was just a ton of different places to check out that were that were great. So, I mean, we didn't have a hard time finding records anywhere we went. I mean, that there was three of us that went, and we were kind of there to get stuff for his shop, which was fun. So, you know, we, we all went as kind of his record mules to bring back for his shop. So I kept telling people that, you know, we were there to, it, it was basically like the record nerd music or the record nerd version of uh, the movie Blow. So just going there and, yeah, just filling up. We, we went with a bunch of empty suitcases and we came back with them full of records. So, so it was a lot of fun. Was there any any real gems you found out there? Um, it, a lot of the stuff that I grabbed, like I, I was there kind of to you know support him and fill up his shop, so he had kind of first dibs on everything. But I mean, he pulled the trigger on the first execute seven inch and to pull that for his shop and stuff like that. I got a lot more like filler stuff and and catalog stuff that I hadn't had in my personal collection so so that was fun like different you know registrator singles and and i got an avengers record and uh eric had me gave me a list eric and connie gave me a list of stuff that they wanted me to look for and so i came back with some stuff for them too so that was great well i think it's interesting that some bands like the avengers were seem to have been a lot bigger over in japan than they were here yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they're still pretty big on on here, and maybe that's there. That's kind of the bias of me being on the West Coast, and you know, them being from San Francisco. So they were only a few hours north, but I think their kind of fame and notoriety from that that time in the late seventies and early eighties kind of still trickled down here to Southern California, and you know, they're still one of the you know upper echelon of kind of that first wave of kind of California punk and stuff like that. So and, and and it's also hard to kind of figure out where certain bands stand in the, you know, grand scheme of, of popularity of things too, because, you know, if you were listening to music in the kind of pre internet days and or like, you know, tape trading days or, or just kind of your own circle of friends you had no kind of outside view, outside your own circle of friends that, you know, what was kind of the greatest thing versus, you know, what anybody else would kind of throw away or vice versa, you know? So I kind of missed that and missed that time of, of listening to music. So do you think that, the internet has made it easier though for people to find stuff um i i think i think it's easy it's it's almost easier to a point where it's it's too easy and there's too much that comes out too fast that it's it's really hard to kind of decipher and and 
kind of pick through what's actually sticking with you versus not sticking with you. And it's so much easier now for everybody to kind of have their own, I I guess, playlist for for their, their day or their life or whatever. Whereas, you know, before it was, none of us had any money. There was no way to listen to any of this. There was no file sharing or anything like that. So you would go to a record store with your friends and, and be like, okay, I have 20 bucks, you have 20 bucks. Let's see how much stuff we can get and nobody get the same thing. And then let's go home and we'll, you know, put together, put together a mixtape of all of the stuff that we bought. And then that was kind of how we pooled our stuff together and listened to different stuff. And, you know, sometimes you were the one that won and got cool stuff. And sometimes, you know, your buddy was the one and you were, I wish I would have got that or something like that. But in the end, you still had that. You now had that seven inch in your kind of library of your friends. Whereas now with the internet, it's there's no need for any of that. And everybody is instantly an expert on everything. And which is, which is a cool thing. The fact that, you know, people are, are now discovering things so much easier and quicker than than it was before um, but at the same time I think it's it's hard to kind of get that I think level of, of satisfaction or level of something that just kind of I don't know gets to your core and, and just kind of absorbs your your entire life and your, your entire kind of way of thinking and stuff I, I don't know or maybe that's just coming from an, an older, dated guy. I, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I, when I was younger, I used to read about bands or read about albums. And I just would imagine what it sounded like. And I would go listen to the album, hoping that it lived up to whatever my expectation was. Oh, and yeah. Sometimes it really didn't. Sometimes it did, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was also easier to take chances on a lot of things too. I mean, th- that's where a lot of like my pricing on on how much some used records are and stuff like that. I mean, I just found out that some label reissued the the Beach Boulevard comp, the old Posh Boy comp, and in my head, I was just like, "Why would somebody reissue that?" I mean, those are everywhere, and they're you know, it's it, you know, at the most ten bucks everywhere, and you know, they were like. No, no, that's like a you know fifty dollar record now, and it it doesn't you don't see it anywhere anymore, and it, not as often. And stuff. I mean the the other things like the that Futurismo label that just reissued that Suburban Lawns LP. I mean that that's that was another thing that was in every dollar bin where wherever we went and every like discount record store that we went to, and now it's it now fetches like a hundred bucks or it gets like a hundred bucks, and even the reissues like forty bucks which is almost the purpose of having a reissue. <laughs> I didn't know the Suburban Lawns reissued uh, that LP. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, and at least they, that, that Futurismo label, you know, they they do some, like, you know, cool colored vinyl and stuff, and, and they put some extra cracks on it, which is nice. But, yeah, those reissues are so expensive. And I'm always like, like the reissues are supposed to be super cheap to, like, help, you know, let everybody get get this record now but 
Well, I was going to ask you if the resurgence of vinyl has surprised you being a record label owner. Um, no, I, I, I think everybody has kind of seen it go in that direction over the past few years. Um, which kind of makes sense just in the sense that, you know, everyone was kind of scrambling to figure out how to understand what was going on with the music industry with with the internet coming alive and stuff and you know some of these major labels and and stuff were making way too much money off of cds and i think now bands that do produce cds or anything kind of or or labels that produce cds or anybody that buys cds now um you see how cheap it is to uh produce a CD and get a CD and then you think about, you know, places were charging 20 bucks for these, you know, a long time ago. So it, it makes sense why the industry of tangible music kind of burst. However, the the vinyl market is was kind of stayed along the entire time, but I think pretty soon it, it's got to hit the same bubble that, that CDs did because, you know, you see so many labels that are still charging only, you know, 10 or 12 bucks for an LP. Yet you see, like I said, some of these reissue labels and, and they're charging, you know, 40 bucks for a reissue. And, and it's because right now they, they feel that they can because there's, you know, there's uh, records being sold in uh, urban outfitters in the malls of everywhere out there. But, it's funny that that nobody has learned their lesson from what happened before. So. I was just going to say, I think that they're trying to make as much as they can while the fad lasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, which is good, because, I mean, you know, let, let them make money. I mean, that everything's a pendulum and it all swing back and if that you know floods the market then everybody that can kind of outlast that bubble then you know the everyone's going to start selling their collections back to the brick and mortar record stores and fill up their their used bins with all this great stuff for you know cheap again so i, I mean that was kind of what got me into collecting or buying vinyl in the first place was, you know, it was before Napster and I couldn't afford buying as many CDs as I was interested in the music, but there was, you know, uh, record stores around here that sold everything in the 80s and, and 70s and 80s for a dollar a record and stuff like that. And it was like, cool, I can, I can become, you know, a music expert and listen to everything that everyone always talks about and that was kind of my way of, of, of getting my knowledge of, of what I liked and what I didn't like I guess well I'm just ready for mini discs to make a comeback yeah yeah exactly how did you ever have those I did not have one of those <laughs> yeah um, I don't think I knew anyone yeah. who actually had those so I, I did not either. Um, 
I, I did, uh, I, I was able to, when CD burners first came out, and there was like a, I didn't have a computer, but I, I was able to get like a stereo component CD burner that I was able to hook up to my record player, and that felt like the biggest game changer in my life ever. Oh, that that was fancy back then. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was great. I mean, it and it was also great because everyone would always come over to my house with their record collection to put stuff on CD, and I was always able to kind of, you know, hang out, listen to records, and then they'd make a CD, and then I would just burn that CD that they just made. So I was able to kind of beef up my collection of of you know different stuff that way too. So it was awesome. And I think at the time it was just amazing. Like, what, what do you mean I can make my own CD? Yeah, exactly. And that when I got that, that that was kind of another reason why vinyl was always my preferred uh, format to buy. Because once I had that CD burner, I had a tape player in my car, and so I would burn the the record to CD. So I had it on CD, and then I would take that CD and record it onto a tape. So I had it in my car, and so I had it on three different formats by buying it on record. So right, it, it, to me, it made the most sense, and I was like, "Well, I dude, I just got all you know, I got it on three formats now by just buying it on record." So, and I thought I was the smartest guy ever. Well, and I don't know about you, but my first CD burner back in the 90s, it, I think it took about 45 minutes just to burn one CD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely duping them CD to CD wasn't the, how quick it is now. I mean, obviously, when you were recording it from record to that, you had to do it in real time. But, yeah, even burning CD to CD, it, it uh, yeah, it, it would take, yeah, like a half hour to But it was awesome because, I mean, we had a buddy that worked at, like, Office Max or something. And the whole kind of underground of, of you know, teenage or, or, you know, young 20s jobs, the whole underground circuit of everyone sharing their discounts and hookups with each other of, of everything. So we had a buddy that worked there, and so we would make copies of, of everything that, so, I mean, these when we burn a uh, a record to CD, we would take in the record and he would, you know, shrink it down to a CD case and stuff. So everything looked super cool. Well, it brings me to my next question: How long has Neck Chop Records been a label for? Um, started. Uh, last year and yeah last year it, it's been kind of like a a wish and a uh, something that we wanted to do forever um but it, it was just one of those things where i kept saying you know I'll, I'll do it later i'll do it later and i always wanted to open a record store too and it was just one of those things like i'll do it later i'll do it later and then um just kind of had to do get my mind occupied on, on 
something to do. Um, and so it, it first started, and this is kind of nerdy and dumb, but I was always still buying records, you know, every, every month. Um, and I, I would make these mixed CDs of, I would take a track from everything that I bought that previous month and just put like one track from every record that I bought that previous month and do a little write-up on it and would just kind of mail them out to random people and with like a link to where to buy it and you know sometimes the tracks were good sometimes they were bad it was just whatever I bought that previous month and so it made these like cool mix CDs and it was fun and it, it kept me occupied for a while and then it got to the point where it was just like, well, you know, I would buy some of these things, and I was still buying for two, two other record stores locally, and I kept buying for them. And then it got to the point where I, you know, I was still stashing some stuff for myself for that, you know, that one day when I'd open a record store. And then finally, it just got to the point where I had some friends that started a web, a web store, and was asking them questions on how how to set one up and blah 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 and then finally got down to setting them up setting one up with just kind of the extra stuff that I had and it was at the same time of uh, I hit up Woodboot off of Terminal Boredom because I loved that, that record and the demo and kind of hit them up and I was like hey has anybody pressed this to vinyl and blah 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 and and they were all on board, and I, I told them, you know, hey, I'm just about to start, like, a, a web store. I don't know, like, what I plan to do or anything, but it'd be fun to do a label, too, and I don't know what I'm doing. Are you guys cool with that? And we'll just kind of figure it out together. And they were the coolest guys, and they were great, and they were just like, yeah, let's do it, and, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll help you with whatever we know and blah, blah, blah. And so it... it, it both of them kind of came at the same time, and both grew legs instantly, and it it just kind of happened really quick. And I, I've just always been had a personality of just kind of I, I can't half-ass things. It's, it's either like an all-absorbing thing or or nothing. So that's kind of where both of them grew so quickly once once they opened up. Well, I was going to ask you about your process and how you find bands. Are you kind of all over the place, looking on the internet and in zines? Yeah, at, at the beginning, it, it was kind of you know I, I would hear stuff I'd like, and then. I, the, the funny thing is, is like when I started it, uh, uh, like a year ago, I, I was a total fucking Luddite for knowing anything of like how people are listening to music on the internet. And people, I, I didn't know what Bandcamp was. I, I barely knew SoundCloud and it was from, you know, buying records online and, and I would see that they had, you know, sound clips to, to other things. So I wasn't really like scouring Bandcamp or, or anything for, for bands. Um, I would just hear something that I liked and then I was 
just like, okay, cool, let's let's do something. And then it just kind of like snowballed from there of of just hearing stuff I liked and then and then it went from there. Um and then, you know, a lot of bands would have friends and they would hit me up say like hey my buddy has a band and stuff like that and that's kind of where the whole like first 10 releases came about um it was just kind of either word of mouth or somebody would email me uh a link to to one of their friends or something like that so that's kind of where all that came up and i the thing that's funny is i mean i know some people were were giving me shit for putting, you know, demos or too many demos onto to record and stuff like that. Or uh kind of saying or asking if I was if I was Jimmy YouTube and stuff like that. And it was like I didn't know about Jimmy's website or his YouTube until like after I'd put the the first four records out and I'd already had the other four kind of in production at that moment so it, it was one of those things where i'd already had the first four records out and i had the, the next four coming out and i was trying to find ways to kind of get it out and sam at feel it was like hey you should hit up uh you know jimmy's site he's got some great stuff and blah 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 and so i emailed him and sent him the first kind of commercial that i had and he was great. He listened to everything I had, and then from him, that's where I found uh, Bleeding Gums demo, something else. And so it was like, it, you know, that was an eye-opening experience for me that so many people were, you know, uh, listening and obsessed with YouTube channels of, of different people kind of uploading music and. You know, Bandcamp was was something that was so popular, and, and I just I was so ignorant to all of that. I just didn't know any of it. So, and now I see it, and it's, it's great. So, and from there, it's were like, you? You know, I've become kind of friends with Jimmy now. Kind of, he writes all of my intros or, uh, I, I guess summaries of each release. Because I mean, everyone talks about you know his his great ear, which he, he does have a great ear. And he's got a great channel, but learned of him because he there's a Vice article about him. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah, I think they interviewed him, and I was I was like when they said Jimmy from YouTube, I was like, who the heck is that? But I read the article, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it. it I mean, it's great that he's been able to put this together but i i know you know it stuff like that started like you know when you're expected to constantly find this new band and stuff i'm sure that's got a like way on were you a bit behind this behind the times as far as the new bands coming out or you just weren't as familiar with the internet channels that people were going through yeah i i mean i've always kept kept up with with new music and I was never 
kind of well i always thought that i was i was up to date with it but i was always you know constantly you know i would always read maximum rock and roll and i would always buy new records from all the the you know goner total punk and you feel it sorry state other random places wherever i could find new stuff so i was always keeping up with what was coming out um and if anything sounded interesting i was i was i was never behind on that but as far as stuff that wasn't out on a physical format that's where you know until i started this that's where i was kind of you know before last year i was behind on, on a lot of things it was like and that was kind of why i think mechcop came out of the gate so fast and so strong was there was so much great music that that was still behind the I, I guess you could say the digital curtain and you know that's great that there's a lot of kids that are still listening that that are listening to music that way and stuff and, and there's this whole subculture of that but there's a huge population of people that aren't part of that and you know i was one of them and i'm to to an extent still one of them you know unless it's on a physical format whether it be you know cassette or vinyl or, or a cd or something it's it's hard to get me to listen or focus on something that's a digital only release and and maybe that's just because my listening I, i'm trained to listen to music the way i've always listened to music and that's with you know some sort of physical format of it and and even like the digital formats of stuff i i was rocking an ipod classic up until you know five months ago when it got stolen out of my car but everything on that ipod classic was stuff that i'd uploaded from my personal collection so even the digital files that i had came from some trace of a tangible copy of the music somewhere well so you you don't mess with the the streaming services that are popular today i i do have an apple music account now but it's i never used it before my ipod got stolen like i said it got stolen five months ago and we had always had an account because i have two kids and that's how they listen to music and when my ipod got stolen i was like well you know we have this family care plan or whatever and so i finally set one up and you know, definitely being totally arrogant and thinking, you know, you your music tastes are above whatever <laughs> corporate culture has to offer. Like, I'm not going to find anything on here, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm just going to upload my playlist with Devo and whatever, you know. But then I found that a bunch of, you know, labels that, that I love support are also putting their stuff on there and there was also a, just a, a ton of you know old classic stuff that that was on there and i just kept throwing it in a playlist and, and so rather than making you know different playlists and stuff like that i just had one playlist that i would throw everything that i remotely liked into one giant playlist that just keeps growing and growing every time i find stuff and then just hit that on shuffle well, 
you think maybe there was a conspiracy that Apple stole your iPod so you would sign up for their streaming <laughs> service? I'm, I'm pretty sure that 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 is a possibility. Because I saw what I didn't see who actually broke into my car, but I did see that it was a black turtleneck running away, and it was tucked into some jeans. So I think that he may have risen from the dead. Broke into my Hyundai Sonata and stole my iPod. Plastic. Wasn't even a touch. It was an iPod plastic. And you can't get those anymore. And the only reason I had that was two reasons. A, it was the biggest storage. It had 160 gigabytes. And B, it wasn't a touch. And so my kids would leave it alone because it didn't have any games on it. <laughs> right. Well, I found mine so I recently and... I found my iPod Classic recently, and it still works. Oh, can I have it? <laughs> we can maybe <laughs> negotiate a trade. Okay, fantastic. Oh, I also yeah, wanted no, to I, ask you. I yeah, I think they're they're cool because, especially if you have a large collection of music, and you want to kind of grab it and take it on the go. Like if you're on yeah. a long car ride or some, or if you were going to the gym, it's very convenient. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I loved about it was once I, you know, started the, the Nextop stuff, when bands would send me their their demos to listen to, or you know, I would get masters to listen to or new mixes to listen to. I always loved listening to listening to it in my car while I drive. Like that's where I listen to everything. That's where, you know, I find if I like something or don't like something or if it's sticking with me is always when I'm driving. And you know, if 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 I have to kind of sit at my computer and listen to a link that somebody sends me, it automatically just kind of puts me in a bad mood or in the not not in the right headspace to kind of really fully accept what it is that I'm listening to. And so now that I didn't don't have that, it was it was such a pain to like find ways to, you know, listen to stuff in my car now. Yeah, it is it does feel like a more natural way to listen to music rather than like you were saying, sitting on at your laptop or your tablet. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what that is and I mean I know a lot of other people have said the same thing to me that that's kind of where they do their best, best listening stuff, I guess. So. Right, and you kind of have to focus on it because it's there. You don't have the distractions of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Because I've listened to a whole album and then I'm, I realized that I was not, I was like, I didn't, even though I listened to this whole album, I did not retain any of it because I was looking at Facebook or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's, well, it's I mean, just not a, the best way to listen. Yeah, exactly. Or you have, like, the TV on or something like that. I mean, that, that's kind of another thing of, you know, I was talking about fans would kind of give me suggestions of other things to put out or their friends and stuff. And very early on, um, Eric sent me the... He played a show with Lost System, and he sent me their 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 demo of stuff and I was familiar with them because I had the 
Black Monument, uh, 7-inch. So I, I knew of their, their previous band, and he was saying, hey, you know, these guys are great. They're my friends. Listen to them. They just got done recording. And I listened to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Um, and it wasn't that I was, wasn't saying that it didn't fit what I was doing, but it was just like I never wanted the the label to be kind of typecast as a, a punk label or you know a hardcore label or anything. It was just like I liked it. I wanted to put it out. And that was kind of like one of those perfect releases because it was early on enough after that slew of the first, you know, four or five records that came out or after that first batch that kind of set the set it apart from the other stuff. But even then I was still kind of like listening to it and I was like, oh, you know, I like this, I like this, you know. Um, I, I just don't know if I, you know, have the money to put this out right now and stuff like that. It was still on the fence and my wife and I were driving home from, I think, one of our kids' soccer games or, or something and there, there's this like, this, a highway that, that through this soccer field to our house that's kind of a super windy road and kind of really dark and ominous and windy and and we I was still kind of listening to that demo over and over and on the way home it was it was nighttime and we had the windows down and everything and look and like everything just kind of sunk in and fit perfectly with their that demo um or those recordings and the the no meaning no culture recordings and that everything just kind of stuck and I was like yes yes love this I 100% love this and you know she she was all into it and everything and it was like so now it's you know I still have those memories of you know that drive with my wife when you know I see the the losses of seven inch or when I put that on or when I see somebody buy it you know I pack an order and I see it and I'm just like oh man that was a great I wanted to ask you, have you been in bands yourself or are you just a big music fan? Just a big music. I mean, in in high school, my buddies and I, we we went through all of high school kind of telling everybody that we were we were in this band all year and our high school wasn't like there wasn't really anybody in the punk or anything. It was more of Hip hop and rap was definitely the, the driving force, and so even though you'd be friends with any of those people, none of them listened to anything that that you were listening to, or you could tell everybody that you played a show last weekend, and everyone would believe you because nobody listened to any of that stuff. So all through high school, we kept saying that we were in a band, we were in a band, and then finally our senior year, <laughs> we, they had like you know a silly senior talent show or whatever and they were like hey can you can your band play and and we just kind of laughed about it and we were like oh yeah totally and so we went up there and none of us knew how to play any instruments and we just kind of just made up stupid songs about nonsense and then everyone realized that we were never in a band <laughs> so that's that's the closest i was to ever being in a band so your band's not coming out on Neck Chop Records soon? We do have one demo tape that 
my friend and I recorded. He he had a bass and I had a uh, regular guitar and through my parents' stereo, my dad had like a, a microphone for his tape player and for I, I don't know what reason. I like he wasn't like an a historian documenting anything. It was just one of those things he had a microphone for. And I remember I was a latchkey kid, so we had a lot of time at home with, with no parents and in the house to ourselves. And I, we recorded some random demo where I taped that silly microphone to my shirt, and we just played our instruments as fast as we could and, and sang all these stupid songs about how much we hated my friend's mom, how much we hated Tiger Woods, and just nonsensical stuff like that. So when is this coming out? <laughs> it, it's in the next batch. See, you just have to say "long lost classic of the '90s." Put that on yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the review. Yeah, killed by death recordings, unearthed archives. Because so I feel like some people, if you just say like, if you say it's from twenty or thirty years ago and no one's ever heard it, they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to hear it, even if no matter how yeah. bad or good it is, it gets the collector stones drooling. Like, ooh. <laughs> exactly. And the better part would be, you know, everyone is so scared to admit that they've never heard anything. So you'll still have people probably be like, oh, yeah, I remember them. I saw them a few times. Like high fidelity shamed, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to be upstaged by Jack Black. Right. I was thinking of when they were playing Stiff Little Fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah. When they were playing Civil of Fingers and someone asked if it was the new Green Day, and that's, I feel like that makes people afraid of uh, I, I being a poser yeah. if people still use that word. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, everyone always confuses Civil Little Fingers and Green Day. And you got, those are two common misconceptions all the time. And their voices are so similar. You got one guy that always sounds like he has a cold and the other guy with, you know, the razor, razor sharp broken glass throat. So, <laughs> and everyone always wants to impress the, the daughter from Roseanne, right? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that who he was talking to in the movie? Darlene, I think so. Yeah, you're right.
back here on uh, Damage Goods on Little Valley Radio. My name is Matt Dunn. I am your co-host this evening. And who do I have here with me in the studio? I am your main host uh, with oh, the shit. most. And I am DJ um, Nick Flop. There you go. And you kind of so after you get that neck chop, you got a little bit of stuff <laughs> hanging off, and that's a neck flop. Yeah, you're kind of the. Uh, also, we could say you're the kind of the Steve Harvey of uh, Damage Goods. I guess. I don't know if I really get that. Or maybe... The only thing I know about Steve Harvey was the Steve Harvey show, and I know very little about that. <laughs> well, he does host Family Feud now. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. And some other stuff. I don't know. But yeah. I don't watch TV enough to know all, all of these things. But, yeah, so we just played a couple of tracks there. You heard there's a band from Geelong, Australia. The band was called The Living Eyes, and that was a track called I Don't Think For Myself. Also, it could be the theme song for America 2018. Yeah. And that was off of their Modern Living LP, which came out last year. I think it's released in the States under Neck Chop Records, and I believe it's under Anti-Fade Records in Australia. And before that, you heard... A really cool band out of Olympia, Washington. They're called Stiff Love. And the track is called Walk in the Dark. And that's off of their 7-inch that's also on Neck Chop Records. And Before that, we heard... That was a an extended chat, if you will, with kind of like a 60-minute sit-down interview, if you will. Yeah. With uh, a Brandon from Neck Chop Records. So now you know half of all there is to know about that. That was part one. So part two should be coming next week so that'll be your that'll be your ultra surprise for episode 200 yeah. so won't be a surprise at all actually but that's okay and yeah so who who should we talk to next what what record label impresario should we um <sighs> puff daddy a bad boy yeah i would say let's, let's get somebody from no limit records um <laughs> yeah is is uh is um Master P still running that or I have no clue. I'm not sure. Um I, I have very little knowledge about that. I, I when that stuff was coming out I hated it so much because that's what all the cool people listen to. I was too busy <laughs> listening to like my Jesus Jones cassette or something like that. I don't Jesus know. Jones. That, <laughs> Were you a big Jesus Jones no. fan? Okay. I was like <laughs> Um I don't know why that's where my mind went. Um that's a random reference there. That's what's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I think it's because I saw somebody wearing a shirt today that I thought was a jeans, Jesus Jones shirt. I was <laughs> very disappointed that it wasn't. I don't think I've ever seen a Jesus Jones shirt. I don't think I have either, which is why God. it would have been amazing yeah, to yeah. see. <laughs> um, How I, about an EMF shirt? You're unbelievable. It, oh, yeah. I always thought that was Jesus Jones. Kind of the same, like... It's got the same style. style. Yeah. It's, I think that's why. Got lots of, like, weird, like you know affected woes i feel like well um, emf really they sampled andrew dice clay to great effect for that song so uh, that's where that whoa uh, that's where that came from the huh yeah that's andrew dice clay stand up they just took them going oh yeah you know like yeah. hey a uh, sexist hey. joke oh <laughs> hey, look at this i'm somehow still relevant oh right little miss muffet sat on a tuffet yeah he's I, I never really understood how I, he was yeah, big, but neither did I. Uh, had his moment of fame. I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. But 
the world of comedy is strange to me because there's some great people in the world of comedy and then there's some that are just like yeah i'm utterly confused by so <sighs> anyway and then there's that guy who has the puppet and just really oh god jeff dunham fuck that guy <laughs> shitty uh it's like pretty let's be fair he's a little racist but I haven't even. I mean, I believe you. I haven't heard him enough to even, you know, yeah. get that far into. And it, also, but. his jokes are funny. And right. also, puppets. Like, yeah. are you an adult who likes watching a man play with puppets? <laughs> like, the only one. Actually, I'm not going to judge on that. I watch cartoons all the fucking time. I, there, I, I am. <laughs> if you, if I mean, if you're going to be, if you could be funny somehow and do it, then okay. But yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, there's kind of some puppets on Pee Wee Herman. I like Pee Wee Herman. So. That's a good point. Yeah. There, there are puppets I like, uh, but like I don't know. More so, I think just like doing ventriloquism is not funny. Yeah. Have you seen the? Have you ever watched those found footage festival videos? No, not really. They're pretty uh, funny. I there's, should. Yeah, there's one that's where they. I think they went to a thrift store out in wherever they were, and they found like five in the same place found five videos on how to become a ventriloquist oh that's awesome and the videos are ridiculous they have like a whole group of people at like a seminar and they're all like they all have a puppet in their hand at the same time and it's really uh, weird because oh there's like 50 people see, i would love something like stuff like that I, I i love having weird vhs's oh yeah especially if they're like low quality and kind of degrading a little bit and it starts like flipping really weird right um i'm I went thrift shopping today. Sadly, I did not find any good like homemade VHSs or anything like that. I've got a few. Um, actually, I could let you borrow. I have some weird videotapes, as I'm sure you know. But yeah, I guess I got some weird stuff too. I've I've talked about it on the show before. Um, sorry, my throat's still a little sore. <clears throat> but uh, this one weird animated movie called Rock and Rule. Oh yeah, with yeah. Uh, Debbie Harry and Iggy Pop. We watched that. Do you remember? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really bad. I, I wanted it to be cool, but it just wasn't really. Yeah, I kind of like rewatched a little bit of it earlier because I was for a thing I was working on uh, like a couple days ago and uh yeah man it's just bad <laughs> the animation is like yeah fucking garbage and like all the acting iggy pop sells it but he's yeah. iggy pop right you right know, of course he's gonna he give you some weird video i found one homemade tape that was roy's birthday slash bungee jumping that's awesome and it was all these like early 90s bros like slap it on there bungee jumping gear blasting nirvana yeah. <laughs> it's very much a product of its time but yeah that was and then there's also one that i found called vacation 1992 mm-hmm. and the guy at the flea market sold it to me for 33 cents and nice. he paused when he looked at it for a long time and he said you can't return this <laughs> and i was like this is not one of the much loved vacation movies put out by national lampoon just right. so you know that. <laughs> yeah he was like i don't want to know what's on this tape and i was like dude don't worry i'm not gonna return it i didn't know that the flea market had a return policy anyway i thought you were like i'm pretty sure that i thought you were stuck with something once you bought it yeah um <laughs> 
That was. I a wonder. There is a movie called. Oh no, no, never mind. It's just an episode of. I was going to see if there was a movie called the vacation called Vacation from 1992. But nope, there's just an episode of Matlock called The Vacation <laughs> uh, from 1992, and that's all oh it is God. for three hours. It's just that episode on loop. So I found the. Well, actually, watch the tape. And this couple, it's, I forget, they're somewhere in Canada, actually. They went on their honeymoon. Oh, that's awesome. And it gets weird, though, because jealous. he, the dude is like, I want, um, like, they get to their hotel room, and he tries to set up the tripod in the hotel. Oh, oh so he was trying to get frisky. And he was like, let's, you know, put it on tape. And she was like, turn off the camera. Damn, and that made it into the final cut. Yeah, that's that's intense. Uh, It's it's a weird, and there's like I'm sure most video like the idea of like also like vacation videos is like bizarre now, right? I guess yeah. To get like enough content to warrant watching back, like you got to spend a long time with that video camera. Those things were heavy. Well, right, and then like if you have to like set it up properly and then like walk you know it's not yeah it's not like you easy. can't really be like too invested in what's in participating because you're right. just watching yeah it's and it's, who watches the watcher <laughs> right um but yeah no i guess like if you're into that um i don't know i know we have like videos from like when i was a kid and stuff a little bit probably i mean like, we don't, probably don't have them anymore but um, can, we, can we put those on our website no oh, um, i was hoping we could I mean, I'm sure everyone does, but yeah, I don't think there's a ton. We have a YouTube page. We could put them all on there if you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put up some random stuff. Okay. I, I'm sure. I, I did find a VHS that I remember from when I was a kid that has The Blob, Monster Squad, oh. and Tequila Sunrise on it. I've never actually seen Tequila odd, Sunrise. Odd combination of movies. I haven't seen Tequila Sunrise, but the other two. Yeah. Classics. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't think I've ever watched Tequila Sunrise either. Well, the, what I've is just it? seen the end of it fast forwarding to get to uh, Monster Squad. Well, you know one of the dudes from Monster Squad lives in North Carolina? Yes. I forget so, which one. Yeah, I always forget he... He's a goes to Supercon a lot, right? Maybe or something like that. I yeah, he goes to one of those conventions. I think I've seen it like that he goes to, like does conventions say, for once in a while. And Maybe I'm just making it up. My, and my friend Amanda else. actually hung out with him huh. and had this... I don't know, it's a strange story, but anyway, I'll, I'd let her tell it if she were here better, but... No, let's just tell it wrong and like say, <laughs> drag Amanda's name through the mud. I don't even remember um, all the details, but it was a it was a strange story for sure. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Videotapes, VHS. Uh, fuck! I, you were just you you were saying that you liked. I guess for your performances, maybe you have you like show weird videos. Is that right? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, f- Two of the three times I've done solo stuff, I it's I assume it's really boring to watch me like sit there and twiddle knobs yeah. and do stuff, and I don't know what I'm doing, so I have to pay a lot of attention. Right, I can't try to pretend to be interesting, so I have a little. You can be like, "All right, are you ready, Raleigh?" Yeah, because <laughs> if you've met me, you know that that is my personality. Right. That pretty much like I can't fucking hear you. Yeah, love they, they do yeah. That. I mean, but, but like, you know, then I have to bring a microphone also. So instead of bring a giant heavy ass TV VCR combo. Nice. <laughs> and uh, for the last one, I played rock and roll party fest the other day. Um, and so I made like a compilation video of like, 
live bands stuff from t- i have a bunch of target video um, oh yeah stuff which we talked so about Black target Flag video like yeah that. i think it was like not not to be confused with the video section at yes target. there was a um, group who made these great videos that included live stuff that was all like pretty high quality and and screamers too right the yeah they did are... screamer stuff they did um music videos live videos weird other just random stuff and um they're all really great and you can find them on youtube and i think yeah they sold like you i think when you ordered it um you'd get like a catalog one like vhs also that like was like these are all the other ones we got okay on there and it was cool yeah um it's cool stuff to look at Uh, and a bunch of other random stuff got a bunch of videos of bad brains playing live because why not (laughs) why not what about this uh and HR is very energetic, so. Yeah. Oh, and the Labyrinth, because I bought that the other day for a dollar. Well. <laughs> oh, no, not even a dollar. I think it was 25 cents. Nice. Well, um, what about this uh, Vacation 1992 video? I don't know, man. I feel like there's not enough movement and excitement going on. Sadly, I do have that, some, part, that, sadly that part got cut out. I do have know? some funny video, though. I have a puberty video put out by the Tampax Corporation called, uh, See, called Who Am I Now? That's what I want to start finding more of is like training videos and stuff. Yeah, like I have that. a few you know, of those. They probably retired them like not too long ago, so they've probably made their way somewhere by there, now. There's a Blockbuster training video, which is really funny. Oh, I'm sure. Where the, the this girl is learning to become a Blockbuster employee and she um, the I guess, you know when they had those like tv screens in the corner of the video store that would show you like the latest releases well while she's fucking up like during her employment uh this guy comes on the screen named mr buster and it's just like so cringeworthy you know how these video training videos were that you know there's like a wendy's one where they rap to you about oh yeah you've probably seen that but the so this guy named mr you can see this on youtube it's this guy named Mr. Buster comes on the screen and he's like, uh-uh, Jane, or we know whatever her name is. Like, the, mm-hmm. you didn't do that right. And, like, he, like, scolds her on how, like... So she's talking to this imaginary guy on the video screen and this is supposed to, like, help you become, like, a better Blockbuster employee or something. And it's just <laughs> so ridiculous and just so beyond absurd. But, yeah, there was a... I don't know if it's ever been tracked down, but supposedly there was a Suncoast video training. Remember Suncoast hmm. video? I do. Barely. Like, I don't think they... Well, the mall I went, originally went to all the time. Definitely didn't have one. They didn't have one. There was they a... had a Camelot. Camelot. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, maybe a Camelot music. Uh, that was like, right kind of like the where you'd go for like music and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think there was maybe one in Charlotte that I might have seen a couple times. Most of them had like something else though instead. Um, well, supposedly they had one where so we can go buy anime though. That's all I remember. Supposedly they had one with Wayne's world impersonators showing you how to work it. Uh, that's, that's, video. that's hilarious, which I love that kind of stuff because like, it's just, it's so usually cringeworthy. so bad. Yeah. Like, it's like not, never funny or never funny on purpose. Like it's yeah. never like they always, because they're like, oh yeah, the kids like Wayne's World, right? They're they're gonna enjoy that, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, they'll get excited about their job because of Wayne's World. You could just uh, anything that's anything that's supposed to like get ex- people excited about like their jobs usually fall, falls so short. Yeah, have you seen the one on how to become a custodian at McDonald's? No, have you seen, yeah, I've I've seen a 
few of these. Um, I've watched a handful too, but not in a long while. I don't. I don't do much like random YouTube flipping these days. Okay, yeah, the, I, I did. I've done enough in the past to watch. I watched a few of these in the. Yeah, there's one that's about uh, becoming a custodian at McDonald's, and the you know the guy. Everyone is just so excited in the video to like scrub the toilet. Mm-hmm. Even though you know no one in the world is excited to clean yeah. for work purposes, especially somewhere like that. But anyway, he um, and he's like, "How do you how do you know when I'll be done?" Like the 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 employee, the new prospect employee, he asked the manager, "Like how do you know how do I, how will I know when it's finished?" And she says, "When you see mix mix C, you'll know you're done." Hmm. But she keeps saying that throughout the video, like, oh, well, you know, do you see Mix C? And you're like, what the hell is Mix C? And Mix C stands for McDonald's clean. And that's like yeah. a metaphor or like a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so bad. I never had a lot of like big corporate jobs, like really. So, no, I, I never got any of those great experiences. Like maybe when I. Uh, the only other like real like corporate job I think I had was Panera Bread. Oh, you worked at Panera? Yeah. What, did, what, what were you just. Um, what was your job there? Uh, it changed a couple of times. Mostly I just did food stuff, made food, and then. I did prep for a while, and then I was in charge of making the pizzas they had for a while. They had pizzas there. Yeah, they were little tiny pizzas. What? And nobody ever bought them. So then, they yeah, that, out, I'm not, I didn't even know that. What in the hell did they? So have pizzas? then they sent coupons to everyone in the mail, <laughs> and so then I went from just hanging out back there doing nothing for eight hours to like being like, oh fuck, I have more work than I could possibly get done in eight hours. Um, and yeah were, were you the reason they stopped carrying the pizzas you like uh i don't know i quit sometime because for various reasons um but yeah i don't know i i'm very glad that i haven't had to have it make corporate jobs right but then again some of the small businesses i've worked for have been complete and utter bullshit also. i'm trying to think i know i've had i've had some other terrible jobs but that one was pretty pretty bad yeah um, it was just one of those like really dehumanizing jobs where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and let you yell at me like that. Right. Cause I'm not a teenager, <laughs> uh, but they did pay well. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Well. But yeah, well, probably cause I had work so early in the morning. Right. Well, I did work at a kid's restaurant called Bullwinkle's family food and fun. I've never been one of those. Is, is, is that a chain? Uh, it's kind of, I think it's kind of dissolved. I, I think it used yeah, to be. Yeah, I think they had like, it was like more so like franchise, but. I think there's like maybe three or four left on the planet, if yeah. any at all. But yeah, they, that place was ridiculous. And yeah, I worked there way back in the day, but the, it was like Chuck E. Cheese, but Rocky and yeah. Bullwinkle themed. And Which I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle. I don't know why I never went there. <laughs> <laughs> or if I did go there, I just have no clue. Maybe it was maybe it was like just so bad it was traumatizing and I just blanked it on my life. Well, it was weird because they had the animatronic show with the Bullwinkle characters, but then yeah. they would then they would have this water show where like yeah. water shooting everywhere, and they would play like the Gremlins theme song. And I never, I was like, that's so weird. I mean, I would have loved that as a kid. Yeah, that was cool. But it was like, and then they they would play like the Star Trek theme. Um, and you know they try to build on that nostalgia you know, yeah just so you don't run away and they had this 
policy that if you cleaned up urine, vomit, or feces, you got a free meal. Huh. But you. So, the, but there was a twist. You weren't allowed to wash your hands before you ate. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it, but there was a... At the time, I was very low on money. Like, very low. So, I was like, what do I do to get a meal? Yeah. Because I was like... I mean, the food there wasn't fantastic, but there were a couple things that were like... Yeah, and I mean... Better. It, it, that probably at that age and time you're probably like whatever right who cares and they had right and then uh that was much preferable to you know like i don't know like eating a can of campbell's tomato soup or whatever yeah. like it was just way more preferable to that so i was like all right well you know i get to have a hamburger tonight um i'm gonna feel terrible in 30 minutes after eating it but you know i guess at least my stomach was full but anyway yeah, yeah. that place was uh was something and there was a lot of drama and some drug dealing out of there perhaps huh. but yeah i worked at a skating rink when i was 14 and i remember one time i just gotten done it was a kid's birthday party and i had to dress up as the kangaroo in the kangaroo <laughs> outfit uh-huh. Which was so incredibly hot. Like, yeah. just like my, because you have to be skating around the whole time. And of course, <laughs> the kids are just vicious and like running up behind you and kicking you in the back of the leg and stuff. Yeah. With roller skates on. Right, right. And we get done and we like finally are closing and we're getting ready to start cleaning up. And somebody's like, oh, there's somebody's in the bathroom. Like, oh, no, no. I was like, wait, what's wrong? Like, Some kid took a shit in the urinal. <laughs> I was like, damn, like the logistics of this scene. Like <laughs> this takes a lot of effort of effort. Like some kid really just had it out for us. Yeah. Um, that, I saw that at Golden Corral once. I'll never forget that. Uh, Hmm, Golden Corral. Yeah, oh my God. I, that's I, I always talk there. about how disgusting that chocolate fountain has to be. Like, Oh, yeah, the one... I don't think they even had it at the one I went to back that in is the day. Gold, Yeah, that is Golden Corral. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it was... I don't think I've been to Golden Corral since it's been a thing. Yeah. But I just imagine kids just shoving their hands in there and their faces in there and just, yeah. like, being all up in there and it's just getting recycled over and over again with just, like... Tons and tons of kid germs. Well, I feel like Golden Corral kind of is the perfect encapsulation of America because people are just like you could eat as much food as you want. And in your mind, you're like, you know, when I was like a kid, in my mind, I was like, oh, there's no consequence to that. Yeah. Yeah. There is, but oh, yeah, there's <laughs> lots of consequence to that. But... but you tell yourself, like, oh, it's fine. I can eat like. You know, thirty hamburgers. Yeah, I used um, to eat like till my stomach hurt, and then like that's I guess that's the American way, right? I mean, that's I don't know. I mean, I still do that shit. Not a Golden Corral, well, right? But I'll go to like Wild Cooks and chow down on some Indian. Food. Yeah, but their food is really good, though. Yeah, their food. That's what I mean, though. I mean, that's... I don't think Golden Corral probably it can't be that bad, right? I haven't been in a long time. I don't know. But, I haven't been like like I assume in... people probably like you know exaggerate a little bit on how gross their food is but i'm sure it's probably like you know not terrible yeah i think it probably depends on what you're getting but yeah i mean it's uh 
Yeah, people do exaggerate, probably just because, like... They're like, oh, that's gross. Right. Like, it's not CeCe's Pizza. CeCe's Pizza oh my is fucking God. gross. Yeah, that's that's never a good idea. Um, like, their pizza is just bad. Which, if you don't have a CeCe's near you, how would you describe it for people who... Oh, that's weird, because I described a lot of things as the CeCe's of this thing. Uh, I don't know how far that, that place... So, it's all you eat... I don't even know if they have one in Raleigh. Are they even around anymore? They used to be. I don't be. know. Like, there was one pretty close to my house in Charlotte, so we'd go a lot, because, like, we didn't have a lot of money. We used to have and a few in fun. Raleigh. There used to be one on Capitol Boulevard. And that is Raleigh. fun, yeah, you know. I think you pay, like, what, like, six bucks or something like that, and you so get it's all super you can cheap, eat pizza. Yeah. Um, and again, it's terrible. Except for their cheesy bread was fucking delicious, and that was all I would eat. Um, yeah, but it's like just like the most grossest, like white cardboard crust, <laughs> and just like meh toppings. Cheese was like not even half melted. Way too much sauce from a right. I don't know. It's just gross, but it's all you can eat pizza. Like that's every kid's dream. Yeah, right. And then on paper, it seems like. Oh man, this is gonna be great! Oh, oh wow, there's still one in Raleigh. Oh, there we go. They have Wi-Fi, catering, and a game room. I remember the and, game rooms always being kind of crappy. Yeah, they would be like, it's like a little, shitty claw game and like something else, or like, like some kind of like gotcha palm like kind of thing. You might, if you're lucky, they'd have like a Tekken machine there. That was maybe not it. my favorite fighting game. You know, not my favorite either. But I was just saying that's how bad it was. You were lucky. Yeah, yeah. If that was the <laughs> okay so they're now they're man there goes our sponsorship with cc's pizza so the now it's 609 for an adult they're jacking up the prices here that's oh dang still that's i mean cc's if you want if you want to be our sponsor you got to lower it down to 599 again yeah exactly and we're not going to do it until <laughs> i mean can't have you taking away all these college kids making them starve right <laughs> <laughs> yeah then well, there's also... Did you have Pizza Inn near you? Did you go to that? I've never been to one. I've seen them before. Oh, really? They Actually, they used to have one in the same shopping center where Chubby's Tacos is. Ah. As a kid growing up, they had where that village deli place is or whatever yeah. it's called. They, they had a pizza in there and me and my brother used to go there and see who could eat more food literally that was i was like a kid i was like yeah. 10 or something or whatever so could cut me some slack here but we would um when i used to me and my friend used to work jobs where we got paid monthly for a little bit yeah um, and so at the beginning of the month we'd go to this place called fire mountain which is just an off-brand golden corral pretty okay much. i was gonna ask you what is fire mountain um so like a, that's like a a the backup ride you really don't want to go on on yeah. Disney like that. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's right next to Concord Mills, which is like the big like mall in Concord, Charlotte area. Oh like, yeah, right by the um, a bit to the Dave and Buster racing uh, track. So um, yeah, it was right outside of there, and like we lived really close to that. So we'd go there at the beginning of every month because like that was like we can eat a ton of food now because we've been really broke for the past two weeks because yeah. we are bad at money management. <laughs> and do things like this um but i think that place was still like only like eight or nine bucks but well the neat. um what was i gonna say the i was looking at the cc's website here and mm -hmm. you know this it, it looks uh if you go on the website you're like oh that looks all right it doesn't look like the best pizza ever but it looks decent yeah it is not it's right it's i mean like, it's like a step below little caesar's yeah i agree 
Um, when Little Caesars is the optimal choice, that's bad. There was, again, another one of those halfway between my old apartment in Charlotte and the CC's was a Little Caesars. And again, can't beat that $5 pizza. Yeah, the... At- <laughs> and there is a uh, link on here to book a CC's party. So should we have like a free pizza party for our Patreon? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a plan. Um, we don't I have any the yet, saddest thing I ever saw one time was I was in DC to play a show, and we drove by a Blimpies, and they're having some kid's birthday party in a Blimpies. Oh my god! I think Blimpies. we've talked about this on the show though. Have we? I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw a Blimpies. I think I saw one at the beach. Yeah, I have no clue where they're at. You know, there's those certain chains that like. You see them and you know, like, like I, I'm lost or I don't know where I am. Yeah. I'll say one I miss is Fazoli's. Well, Fazoli's? What was that? Was, it's like a pasta place. Like, it's like a fast food I don't, pasta I don't know place. that one. All I remember was you get free breadsticks. So I'd go just okay. eat tons of free breadsticks because, again, cheating the, cheating the system and trying to get as much free food as possible. Well, right. Those... There's some, and there's some like some of those places like I know Red Lobster had the cheddar biscuits. Yeah, and I felt like that was like the only really good thing you could get there. The cheddar biscuits are pretty know. good. I'm but. sure their food is probably all right, but it's just expensive for like not that good right. seafood. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites lately was going to. Uh, we went. Me and my wife Elizabeth went to. Uh, I think it's called Rock and Roll Sushi out in Durham. <laughs> no, I've never like, been there. Uh, we both really like sushi. This is one of the conveyor belt sushi places. Oh, and it's all yeah. you can eat. Right, right. And I think I definitely left there and when asked about it, I was like, it's definitely the CC's pizza of sushi. <laughs> right. Like, there's no kids running around and it's like cleaner and nicer, but like, the sushi was a little, little better than that. But there's another sponsorship there. I know. Damn. I, Rock and roll sushi. I, I will still be... eat there every day. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I, it was adequate for the price i paid like yeah uh, maybe a little better actually than i thought it'd be but um you know still it's not like nice fresh sushi or yeah i was trying to think oh but you remember miami subs did you ever go to that place no we used to have a couple of those around here um i'm trying to think of weird <sighs> in long john silvers that place was rough i always get that weirded was... out we don't have jack in the boxes in raleigh yeah, I th- we had that a was, ton in Charlotte, right? Because I drive, I drove through there, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've never been to a Jack in the Box." So yeah, because like there, you but... know, where else can you get a deep fried taco and like some <laughs> mac and cheese bites and some spring rolls and like Lord knows what else? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, have you ever been to Long John Silver's? No, not not a good idea. I, I was not a big it. seafood fan as a kid. I love it now, but. Don't go. I wasn't like, you know, I didn't hate it, but like, it wasn't my favorite thing. Don't, don't do it. Uh, I'll only go if it's like, wait, no, it's, it's not Long John Silver's. It's C- Captain D's. Which one is like usually in like the Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC mashup? Oh, I, I don't know. I know. I think that is Long John Silver's. May, yeah, because isn't Captain D's like more like a sit down restaurant? Or maybe it is. Because Long John Silver's is just like, hey, you know, it's your food. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's, it's not not really recommended. Um, All right, now that we've talked for half an hour about food, um, <laughs> God, I'm, now I, gotta I go am eat. hungry. Luckily, Damn, I, luckily I have pizza waiting for me at home. It's not uh, CC's, though. and hopefully, I will not hit, hit any potholes on the way home. Well, can you review the pizza for the show next week? Can Maybe. We, um, <laughs> let me record a little. But I don't know if you've heard that news that Domino's is now taking over uh, filling potholes in cities. I didn't see that. Yes. Um, yes, that is a thing. But no, I do. This is the second time today I'm eating pizza 
because yes that's what my life is now well see i, I kind of want to be a just for a day i want to be a domino's pizza manager mm-hmm. so i could find out if they have any annoyed memorabilia hidden in the back somewhere i still do have a noid doll a pretty big noid doll too oh awesome yeah it's i have on my record player. i have a little figurine but yeah i want to supposedly i a friend of mine who used to work at domino's he said that they had a noid suit or something like huh. still left over from like back of the day and that's amazing yeah I, I yeah they're all the fucking <laughs> like, time. A, like an actual suit i was like yeah that would be that would be crazy Maybe go into CC's Pizza with that on just to confuse people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. No. I was going to see if I can find a Noid suit on eBay or something really quick, but no. Might be tough to find, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's play a song or two. All right. We'll so what, what are we going to play? Oh, no. I just handed you a CD, right? Yeah, you did. Uh, so. Let's just play the first track off of it. All right. Some Neon Judgment. Neon Judgment, all right. Because um, we're judging all of you more than you're judging us don't worry only if you're wearing neon colors yeah yeah all right we'll be back a little bit
Da, mano. Nice. They intended to take Johnny's life. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> we've we've forgotten how to do this. Uh you are still <laughs> listening to Damaged Goods on Little Raleigh Radio. Um and I am your host, um, Johnny B. Bad. Oh. And with me, as always. Johnny B. Bad to the bone. Yeah. Burn out, burn out, burn out, burn out. Because you know that's that cue that song whenever the bad kid walks in in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the little guitar side first, and um, then it goes into it while he's like smoking a cigarette. You're like, you're a kid, you can't be smoking a cigarette. He's and like, he's like, I don't care because I don't follow the rules because I'm bad to the bone. You know. God damn, you can tell how old we are. <laughs> like, what kind of movies we grew up with. Um, anyways, uh, that last song was by a band called Protex, and it was called Look Out Johnny. That, um, I think that was unreleased until Sing Sing put out that Strange Obsessions LP, which is amazing and sadly kind of hard to find now because all the songs are great. We gotta we gotta do it more like in pure style. Well, this band Protex had a little. Uh, well, of- we got Protex coming out of a. Uh, oh, where's Protex from? I can't even remember. I'm blanking on it because uh, I'm just trying to do too hard on this voice. Because uh, really? they are from Belfast. I-, I hear an element of the Clash in their music. Do you- well, like you know when London Calling came out. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate London Calling. <laughs> I don't like The Clash. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on here. I probably have, because I don't like The Clash. I like I, a, I like a good chunk of Clash songs. Right. I can't think of it as Clash album other than Black Market Clash that I like put, to put on. and listen. Actually, I don't even think I like that album that much. I listened to the other day at work, and I was like, meh. Well, Anyways, <laughs> Protex, amazing band, not The Clash. Um yeah, Stranger Sessions. NPR uh, Buzzworthy, though, right? 100%. Uh, that came out in 2010 on Sing Sing Records, compilation of like pretty much all their stuff. Um, they put out a new record recently. Um, I didn't really listen to it. I listened to a couple songs. It wasn't my thing. Um, I am working, looking at work stuff on accident now. Uh, before that was Richard Hell and the Voidoids with Kid with the Replaceable Head. Um good stuff yeah that is off of his 1982 album destiny street which some people might say is better than blank generation and those some people are me you're listening to controversial opinions with that beard um i I don't like the clash and i don't like the clash (laughs) and i don't think like blank generation has a couple good songs on it like love comes in spurts um a blank generation maybe that's kind of it uh the rest of it i'm not too big of a fan well, of what what are you gonna cover next week on controversial opinions uh maybe how much i hate the buzzcocks now since that oh, song i tried right, playing i'm to cut you off wouldn't there, that's... play i'm just kidding okay i, I love the buzzcocks i was gonna say you you have sold out this time you love the buzzcocks. <laughs> like two things about me collecting records one i'm not really a record collector in the fact where like i go out and search for things like die hard i'm like you know if I've out and about and find something I really want to listen to, get it. Um, occasionally I'll obsess over one thing and then I'll wait and I'll buy like one thing a month that I'm like, Oh, I love the song. Like, yeah. let me just buy it off of the internet. Um, two bands I've actually like very adamantly tried collecting are the Ramones and the Buzzcocks. So, right. Well, there's a lot to collect there. Yeah. Well, mostly I was trying to get all of the singles that make up singles going steady. And 
not that far, but also I'm not that committed to it because I haven't bought any of them in a very long time, and they're not the hardest to find. Man, you're you got to step up your collector scum game. I know, right? Um, speaking of scum, oh wait, for <laughs> fuck that that was a good segue to what I had to talk about next. But I got to talk about the other song. Uh, then you heard the Buzzcocks not playing correctly because my CD burner apparently still doesn't work right. Well, and it's a new technology, so it's technology hates me. It's working um, itself out. And for that, all the way from France, from 1979, that was Electric Callus with So Chic. That was really cool. I that was kind of new to me. So I, I've only heard that single. I think he they have one other single. Um, but I'm sure that they're all scum. And speaking of scum, <laughs> um. I have good news. What's that? One of my favorite bands is going on tour. Who? Uh, good old Janitor Scum from Canada. Oh, okay. Are they coming through the area? Do you know? They are going to be in Richmond um, playing with other great band, BBI. No, oh, nice. Who we have played on the show yeah, before. Yeah. And uh, a couple of Richmond bands and another band whose name I forgot, who's a new band that features members of Gen Pop. Um, it is table sugar. No. Oh, okay. It is the bass player's new band, newish band. I think he's oh, okay. in a lot of bands. I yeah, think. he is. I, have to I think go he's back also in that band control test. I forget. Uh, yeah. And then he's also in Lysol. Yeah. All right. So that's like, the one other one I was thinking of. He's, I think he, he does a lot, but, uh, yeah, no, so that is super stoked on it. Are you going to go? Yo, hundred percent. Like we're gonna close down the shop for it, probably. So Janitor Scum, are, are they from Ontario or is it? I forget where they are. Or is it Winnipeg? Those are the only two cities I know in Canada. Well, Ontario's not a city, but you know, they're the same thing. <laughs> it's a it's a province. Ter- but... Oh, I was about to say territory, but the territories are like the really big ones, and then you got the provinces, which are small ones, right? Right. I learned this at school in some point, but have, oh, they're from Cal- Calgary, Alberta. Calgary. Sorry, okay, so that is a place I know sorry. because. That is where the Calgary Flames are from. Exactly. Um, that is my knowledge of Canada. Well, there's... I tried to uh, name all the provinces once and I, I didn't Saskatchewan. Um, there's... Northwest Territories. Right. Uh, there's Manitoba, where Winnipeg there's is. There's Dick Manitoba. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I don't have any more. <laughs> and there's... Um, there's Ontario, there's Quebec, where Montreal is. Yeah. There's another one that's like an island, and I always forget the name of it. It's, there's like a, and it's its own province, and I, I can't remember the name, so, because I'm a bad person, but. Um, and we said British Columbia, right? Yeah, so. we said British Columbia. Nova Scotia? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's that, and then there's. Um, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island. That's the one, yeah, I can never remember that name, so I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, who's Edward and why is he so special? Right. Why don't we have Prince Seth Island? Also, or just Prince Island like this. I think Prince Island would be cooler. Like, we should start a petition for Prince Edward Island to just be named Prince Island. I'm sure <laughs> Prince Edward was a douchebag anyways. So, and like, we're going to change Prince Island. We could maybe reconstruct the island so it's in the shape of Prince's head. Or just like the Prince symbol. Right. Oh, yeah. The. <laughs> That we'll just do some awesome. heavy, heavy construction on the that island. Would be do awesome. some dredging and like some like you know whatever the opposite of dredging is. Make a man-made lake in the middle <laughs> of it. Um, 
I did I did learn about Ogopogo recently. Do you know Ogopogo? No, I do not know Ogopogo. That's the Canadian version of the Loch Ness Monster. Huh. That's a real... That, I mean, I am very into this idea. Yeah. And... I, I, I don't know if you know the fact that I love things like this. Well, yeah, there's a unsolved mysteries episode about ogopogo hmm. so i'm about to get to it when i'm my binge watching but they as nardwars being the evaporators they had an album called ogopogo punk hmm. and i didn't understand the reference but then come to find out that ogopogo is yeah is a is like their lake monster their there's all kinds of uh, stuff about ogopogo online i think it's in british columbia huh okay and it's a famous funny thing about british columbia neither in britain or colombia <laughs> right and not not as not as many british people as you would imagine so yeah but yeah the so there's ogopogo there's your uh canadian history lesson for for, for the, the week, week. <laughs> yes so. Um, so just to recap before we get ready to go prince edward island now prince island right <laughs> and that is all that matters of this week's show and i think it's time for us to go because i am getting sleepy and pizza is calling my name oh yeah and we've had a weird show today things have kind of like broken out of the format a little bit so <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been really i'm gonna weird. break out of format even more and we're gonna skip the end game because i have a song i really want to hear what song um, is that We'll see if it actually plays, because, like, <laughs> Lord fucking knows with the CD. It played when I put my CD in the car, Well, um, but there's always a chance it won't. Vertigo by U2. Um, hello, hello. <laughs> one, two, three, fourteen. Yes, one, two, three, fourteen. This is track number 13 on the CD. Uh, this is Gum... Or, uh, I can never say this right. Gumma Quinn by Janitor Scum and the Scums, and this is from a live set that they put out. I think this is not the one on their band camp. I think this is another one that was released as a cassette. Okay, I think it's um, loading here. It just took a second. But, yes, this song rules. This band rules. I'm excited to see them. Um, this song is 30 minutes long, right? Hopefully that- you're all excited for my excitement. And cool. we will see you next week. Yes, and we'll, and I will talk more about how much more excited I've gotten since I will have been a week closer to seeing Janitor Scum and the Scums. And we can go maybe to Guar Bar and yeah, have a drink or two and some barbecue, perhaps. Um, maybe some uh, guarcolo, uh, guar, guarcamole. <laughs> Fuck, that was harder than it should have that been. Is right, right. That's. Um, guacamole there we go that didn't feel terrible in my mouth saying that but it's it's like a weird form i don't know i hated it um but i would be into guacamole because i like guacamole i like avocados a lot oh yeah so here's janitor scum before we keep on talking about food for another half hour or the show will never end and we will be back next week with episode 200 oh my god um don't worry we'll we'll, i'll I'll figure out something fun to do yeah we'll figure it out so anyway until next time good night and good luck it's not actually goodbye yet so we're having some technical issues with this new format called a compact disc Um. because really i mean i don't know it's it's a new exciting format and anything like you could hold like 20 songs on it. Uh, so.
So yeah, here's Jamiter Scum and the Scums. Uh, I'm having to play off my phone, so maybe don't text me if you have plans of doing that. We're phoning it in. Yeah, we are totally phoning it in. Um, fuck, what's the date today? <laughs> you know, you think we'd have like after 200 episodes, we'd have you know like just the most pristine together format ever. But yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Bye. Good night.